Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Thank you for hitting play. This is Dishes and Dimes brought to you by BasketballNews.com. And I'm Noor, joined here today with Sandy, Katie, and a special guest I can't believe you were able to have on while she's working her ass off in sports 300 hours a week, Karina Mustafa. Karina, how are you, you angel? How's everything? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. I was so, I've been looking forward to this all day. So thank you. This is what I mean. Like, I can't believe you had the time for us because if you guys don't know, Krina is the star of Unbenched, which happens to be a platform run for women in sports media. She's also the star of Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast and the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. And she covers CBC Sports. And she covers like every sport known to mankind that either a, ma- a male plays, a female, no matter what you are, you play it, she'll cover it. It is what it is. And Karina, how do you do it? How many sports do you cover? Um, I think I cover two sports. <laughs> it feels like a lot more than that. Just it you. feels like a lot. Yeah, I cover mostly basketball and tennis. Uh, and so my plate is pretty much full right now with the Olympics happening too. I can imagine. Who's your team for um, for basketball currently for the Olympics? I'm probably rooting for Team Australia just because we do have a New York Liberty player on there, Beck Allen, and I love her with all of my heart. So I'm definitely rooting for Australia. <laughs> oh, very cute. And what about tennis? Tennis, I'm probably rooting for like any Romanian or Canadian player out there just because that's, that's who Gotta I am. stick to your roots. You know, at that exactly. point, whatever is easiest to cheer for. Yeah, I feel yeah. And between everything else, my biggest question for you, Karina, like I see you juggle everything and you are not even the legal age of drinking in Canada yet. So how do you do it? Can weeks. you give us the <laughs> oldies? Okay, oh, yeah, sorry, three weeks away. Can you give us the grannies, like a little bit of tips? We need to know. I'm always trying to go outside whenever I have free time. Like taking walks outside is so good for my mental health because sometimes I just feel like I'm overwhelmed with about a million things. But if I go out for even like 30 minutes alone by myself, it just clears my head. And that's honestly the biggest thing. Like any type of physical activity I feel helps a lot, especially when you're sitting around just like writing or podcasting or doing stuff all day. Like you just need to be able to move your body too. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like at that point too, you just need some kind of movement that like, and movement is good for your brain, no matter what happens. It's it's good for everything, your your happiness, your activity level, all that stuff. Um, And just seeing how 
well-versed you are in this industry already, where do you see yourself maybe five years from now? Where do you want to see yourself grow? That's such an interesting question. What should we see? Um, so right now I'm just kind of open to a lot of things. I used to think that I wanted to do social media, but now I'm thinking that maybe I, I'd like to go into like the production side of things. Maybe, maybe be an on-air, on-air host. That would be pretty cool. Producing would be cool as well. I, I mean, I was on your last podcast and if anybody can vouch for you, I'll, if you need anybody, I'll write you the reference. I'll make some calls. Let me know. Um, I think honestly, at this point, Karina, wherever you want to go, the doors are completely open for you. I feel like you should be like the front facing center of interviewing every woman, every athlete. Um, Just seeing you grow has been amazing. And you're so young in this industry right now too. And this is such a male dominated industry. How do you find and how do you deal with um, just being somewhere where you don't really see much of yourself out there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've talked about this before on on the Unbench podcast, but I don't really think I saw a lot of female sports fans until I joined Twitter. And Raptors Twitter is full of women that are, you know, well-versed in the sport of basketball. And I think that's what's kind of helped me with my motivation going forward, that there are other people like me who do enjoy sports. And I think that's helpful. I think even at work at CBC, they have a bunch of women that are on-air hosts, but there aren't as many women in like the production room. So there'll be like one woman who's a director or one woman who's an executive producer and then everyone else will be male. And so I just kind of look up to them. I I talk to them as much as I can get insight from them. And yeah, that's pretty much the people around me that, you know, help motivate me to, to be in this industry. I love that answer. And it's honestly so true, just seeing how much social media has the power to open your eyes now. I, cause for us, I think it was the same kind of deal. Like we formed because of Twitter. Sandy had this tweet out where she said, I see so many women rapper fans and I want to see them have a platform where they can voice everything that they voice on Twitter. And literally it happened because of Twitter. And yeah, and honestly, maybe I'm biased or not, but Raptors Twitter is run by women. Um, and it's it's great to see it's women like you, it's women like us. And um, just given the fact also that we want to see a lot of women's sports grow in general too, why, what do you think is the biggest barrier that the barrier driving visibility when, when it comes to women's sports? It's definitely advertising. It's advertising all the way. Like you look at the WNBA, a lot of things that I've heard from people that they don't know how to get into the WNBA because they don't know any of the players. They don't know anything about them and they can't really relate to them. Like a player like LeBron James, he is advertised all the time. Everyone knows LeBron James. Everyone knows that. Like, even if you're not a sports fan, you know, the you know, the name LeBron James. And so I think that when you actually put time and money into these women and market them, because the talent is there, they are very talented basketball players. It's not like the product is something weak, but you have to get the athletes and the fans, you have to have that bridge there and have them be able to relate to each other. Absolutely. Sponsorship brands play such a big part because they kind of drive the narrative of what you should be watching, right? They're the ones who are throwing their money and where whatever conversation they want to have is what's going to be on the spotlight. And I think I'll throw this last question out to all of you. Um, Besides sponsorships, what do you think male athletes like the in the NBA and soccer and everywhere else where they kind of have the forefront for every single sports, what can they do to drive the conversation more in favor of women in sports? I'll start with you, Karina. Yeah, so 
what we've seen with the WNBA is we've seen like the orange hoodie gain a lot of popularity. And while I think that that is great, I think that there are other ways that these players can be showing their support. Like I know I've seen DeMar DeRozan, he's gone to WNBA games and he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been making a show of it. He's just been supporting it because he enjoys the product. And I think when you have more genuine support like that, that helps a lot. I'm, I'm thinking back to last year when Kyrie Irving, he paid for a bunch of WNBA players' salaries in the Wubble because they they had wanted to sit out for the season and they, you know, they couldn't afford it. And so just things like that, it, I think it always comes back to money. And I think the fact that the NBA is so big, they have the means to be able to support this women's league. Definitely. And the fact that we have to bring up players like DeRozan and Kyrie who are taking the stands when it should just be the owners. Um, how about you, Katie? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Karina. I think there's like the hoodie was all well and good, but at some point it has to go beyond these kind of like totems and almost like Instagram, Instagrammable moments. You know, I think players going to games like NBA players actually showing up at WNBA games and being seen and that visibility, but consistently more than just like a one game photo op, you know, like to show an actual investment. And because I think like the optics of that will transfer when you want to talk about advertising and kind of what fans look at and think like, Oh yeah, like maybe that's worth my time. Um, I think I would actually like to also see, you know, so many players, NBA players have started their own uh, media platforms, whether that's like podcasts or YouTube channels, I would love to see them invite more WNBA players on as guests. Like I'm not that's a, a very good point fan of JJ Reddick, but like JJ, <laughs> I don't know if you've had a WNBA player on your show, you know, because I think, I think to a degree, like a lot of fans listen to that and it just keeps everything so insular, the more it's just like, Oh, it's a, it's an NBA player interviewing his NBA friend talking about the NBA and like complaining about it. Uh, it's like maybe broaden your horizons a little bit. And I would extend <laughs> the same, you know, challenge to like the low post, you know, like any, any, any big podcast that occasionally will have an NBA player on a guest, like have a WNBA player on instead. And there yes. are WNBA players who have podcasts like Asia Wilson yeah. and Nafisa Collier have WNBA, their T podcast. Yeah. And um, Chanae, with- like Chanae Gumukwe has hers. And I was chatting with her like not too long ago and she's hilarious. And just like, I think it's also just the preparedness of like women in that space, like women in our space, like, you know, you have to be like doubly prepared if you have a guest or if you don't, you have to be like, you have to be on all the time. You have to be funny all the time. You have to be like, you have to be more than yourself. Because there's this idea that people won't listen to it unless you have that. Um, but yeah, like Karina, you make a good point. Like a plenty WNBA players like have podcasts, but I'm really curious as to what, like how many people listen to those versus like, again, I hate to boost them because it's not even a good podcast, but JJ Reddick's <laughs> podcast. Shots fired. JJ, if you're listening, um, stop with your NBA friends, have some women podcasts, have, have some women NBA players on, and uh, maybe you'll see your views go up too. What about you, Sandra? What do you think in terms of um, male athletes doing something for women's sports? I mean, the baseline has to be that they believe in actual equity. Um, I think there are a lot of male basketball players who are, you know, in the Draymond camp where they they think the reason with the, the problem with the product is the women and the product that they're they're creating <clears throat> when they play. So this problem actually really starts with these players not actually believing that the product is worth 
you know, as much as the NBA. And that's the problem. That's the issue. Um, and I don't know if that's something that you can necessarily fix, right? That's that's a, literally a mindset that they have. Um, like, obviously, on the surface, we can let go of the orange you know, sweater. Like, we get it. <laughs> like, we, we get it. Like, you guys have Instagrammed it. It's cute. Let's move on. Um, but we do need more players like a Damar, like a Kyrie, especially, who, you know, show the disparity in how uh, these products are, are are paid attention to, advertised, um, literally with action and not just putting on a hoodie and, and taking a selfie. It's cute, but it doesn't really do anything. I do think that instead of focusing on the players, though, we do have to focus on the owners. Um, like... For me, I think, you know, if you have, you, to like, obviously the WNBA um, starts up towards the end of the NBA season. If you put some of these games after a big marquee game and, and, and say, hey, like, let's do a double feature with the WNBA and the NBA, people are going to watch it just out of curiosity. The fact that the NBA was willing to do that. This all comes down to being fucking cheap. And not like, like, and not thinking, not believing that investing in the product is going to bring much out of anything. So for me personally, like, I think there's actual real tangible ways to bring eyes to the WNBA, like throwing out, you know, friend of the pod, Nikias Duncan, his pod does talk about the WNBA, not because, you know, he feels like he has to, but because he's interested in the sport, he feels like he has a platform to bring people um, into into the sport, um, drum up interest. Like we need more things like that because the product is great. Like I started watching this season. I loved it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I wasn't necessarily someone who had much interest. I was like, okay, like the NBA is quite enough for me. Thanks. But having watched it, I was like, this is, this is great. And if the NBA made more of a point of doing double features, of putting a WNBA bef game before an NBA game, specifically marquee mar matchups, like making sure that people are kind of forced <laughs> to watch the products. Because I feel like as soon as they watch the product, they'll be hooked, but they don't have, have a way to really watch it consistently. So um, I would love to bother the, the, the players, but they care about their money they're not really interested in equity for these women athletes. I think the the onus comes on to the owners and how they advertise the product. And that's that's that. Honestly, yeah. having WNBA games, sorry, before a like a West Coast NBA game for us washed people like me who can't stay up past 930. <laughs> That's a great okay. idea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that would be great. <laughs> Shout out to you. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought that would be, like, I think about it and I'm just like, why wouldn't you do that? Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. just finding, like, even for, like, All-Star Weekend, finding, like, a little thing that, that you know, the WNBA players can do during that time just to bring interest to them. Like, having, like, a little side, like, even if that might, I know it's not the greatest you don't want, you know, the WNBA to be like a little side project, but, you know, to, to start introducing these players in a way that's engaging to the fans. I think that's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know where to find them. They've never really watched these, these women play. Like, 
find ways to introduce the audience to these women, like in terms of their skill, number one, but also in terms of their personality. Once you start connecting with these women, there's no way that you could be like, yeah, no, this is not interesting. That's bullshit. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Go ahead, Karina. Yeah, no, I was just want to say, because I started covering it this season. And so I get a lot of, you know, media availabilities and things like that. And what I've started to do is I'll clip moments from the interviews and I'll post them on Twitter for people to see because those don't become available until like 24 hours later. Um, So I'll do it myself like right away. And what I find is a lot of people have messaged me and be like, thank you for posting these because, you know, they're either like the players either said something really funny or they said something really insightful and they're like, oh, I didn't know that this about this player before. And so I just find that literally that accessibility that you were talking about is so important in, you know, teaching people about these players and their personalities. Absolutely. And I, and I can't remember what team it was. I'm, I'm sorry. I should be like, I'm trying to Google it right now, but I can't find it, but I know there was this team. Um, and the, I think the owners were the ones that took a chance on them because they said that we believe in them. We want to see them grow. And what they did was they set out an, an incentive for the fans. I forget again, what it was, what team, anything, but I just remember the idea. And it was that they set out an incentive for the fans and said that whatever, whenever they buy a ticket, something would happen. And no matter, I forget what it was, but by the end of the week, I believe they had the stadium sold out. The women's, um, I believe it was a basketball team and it was soaring through. And it just, at that point, it just shows you that it just takes a certain level of commitment and that commitment has to come from the top. We can here sit here and talk about it. I also am very guilty of not being that great at watching women's uh, basketball. I've done a lot better of a job this year, but I think this is just more so me growing into it and it's going to get better from then and on. But I also can't blame myself because I'm like, I also don't see anything, right? There's not much out there because you don't see a lot of that investment in it. So I'm really glad to see that us were taking that stance, and especially you, Karina, being the next generation of women in sports, like taking that onto your back and being like, no, I'm going to make sure that I'm clipping my clips together. You're going to be watching it, even if you don't want to watch it. And it makes people into fans more than you'll ever know. So thank you for that. Um, And I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk about NBA right after WNBA, but I'm going to get my ass kicked if we don't talk about the championship that just happened. Um, And yeah, I guess. This is the best way to segue into it, but the Milwaukee Bucks are your 2020, 2021 NBA champions, my friends. How are we the feeling? Pain. The pain in your voice. Oh my God. I, know, I, I thought I was happier of. than before. I really practiced that line. <laughs> I was like, let me make sure it comes off genuine. No one has any beef with it. But yes, my friends, they are your uh, your champions. I'm happy for Giannis. He deserves it. It's a long time coming. He went and got his Chick-fil-A, like the most <laughs> humble, you know, congratulations, the most humble party you could ever think of. And how do you guys feel as rapper fans or just as fans of NBA? I like, uh, I begrudgingly feel pretty good. I, I think <laughs> it was really hard for me uh, initially to pick a rooting interest. I think I was all in on the Suns initially. Um, but I think that was kind of a testament to the finals, these finals, and that they were such a feel-good finals, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was really difficult, like, not even just game to game, but, like, quarter to quarter to stick with a team, depending on what they were doing. <laughs> and unfortunately, as the Bucks went on and just, like, dug in and, like, Giannis coming back from that, like, what looked like a gruesome injury, like, Chris Middleton is so, like, 
we, I am so into Chris Middleton now because I deep did a deep dive on his Instagram and I was like, this is the most normal man in the world. <laughs> the most basic <laughs> Do Dude. not let Iman hear you. Katie. I know. Yeah, like, <laughs> you might not be allowed on next tell week. Tell us we'll scrub this part um, yeah. or like she, her version will be scrubbed maybe. At, but like, I don't actually think we have that technology yet. We'll slow your part down so she won't hear it. Remember, she has a, a speed problem. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, but like I was looking at pictures of Chris Middleton like doing his tunnel walks. And, you know, usually dudes have like they get a fit off. And Chris Middleton just has like a thin, like, uh, I don't even know, like a sweater from like, I want to say Simon's in Canada. So I don't know what the, like JC Penny, a JC Penny thin, just like crew neck knit sweater coming in just down the tunnel, some kind of weird oversized, like ski jacket, almost like every, every game in the winter, even into the spring, he was just coming down the tunnel in that fit. Uh, and I was just like, this guy is so nice and normal and just like regular. Anyway, I, I obviously am really behind Chris Middleton now. Um, <laughs> like Drew, I weirdly feel very good for Brooke Lopez in the Brooke, like the Lopez brothers always freak me out to a little, to a degree. No grown <laughs> men should be that into Disney. Um, but they are, <laughs> but just like generally, generally that whole Bucks team Oh, PJ Tucker, my like, my heart has always belonged to PJ Tucker, but just like seeing PJ Tucker finally get here after just being like a constant role player, like how annoying must it have been to just be like James Harden protector for all those years <laughs> and like get none of the credit and like none of the shit. DeMar DeRozan's Katie. <laughs> yeah. His, I mean, I think <laughs> we won't talk about it. We appreciated yeah. him in Toronto. I have to say, we really did. I'm my we heart did. was broken when he left. I'm still like, maybe he'll come back. He never is going to now, <laughs> but like maybe, maybe he will. But did yeah, you like, see after the parade? He was like, I'm not gonna cab back with you guys. I'm gonna walk the streets of Milwaukee with my dudes. And he's like sloshed on the streets of Milwaukee with Henny in his hand, walking down. And in his eyes, you can tell he's gone. He's not gonna remember a second. And he's gonna be I like, You guys it. let me walk in the middle of the street with random people. Are you kidding me? In America of all places. He but started it was, like the PJ Tucker challenge on Instagram, like when he's chugging his champagne and spitting it out, because it's impossible to chug champagne out of the bottle. But now all these normal, most Milwaukee looking people you could ever hope to see are like doing the challenge and he's like resharing it. It's really heartening stuff. Um, <laughs> the only negative thing I have to say about them is that I don't, that parade must have not been that phenomenal because the bus was really moving at a velocity not seen in Toronto. So, you know what I love about this whole Katie discourse? Each time she had a sentence going, I was like, this is going to be really nice. And it ended with a burn to the Milwaukee Bucks each time. And it was perfect. <laughs> Flawless delivery, Katie. Well, I'm just, and I'm no, I agree. Amon is listening. So, you know, I have to balance it. <laughs> it's, the brand. it's the brand. It's the brand. It's the brand. I'm a Libra. The, the commitment is amazing. I love yeah. it. But no, the, can we talk about the bus? I was like, they can't, they can't stand. If they stand, they're flying off. <laughs> it's not happening for them. It's definitely giving Mark Gasol. Like, like he was <laughs> this close to just, oh. But the bus, when Mark Gasol, when Mark almost fell off the bus, it was like, how fast standing. It was, yeah, it was like, it was exactly. stand still. <laughs> that was all Mark. That wasn't yeah, the bus. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that was a good time. Um, how about you, Karina? How do you feel about? I'm not gonna finish that sentence. Just <laughs> 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 let's go. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, my co-host for the Shoot Your Shot podcast is a Bucks fan. So I am oh. happy for him. God bless um, you. That's yeah, it's a very up. chaotic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God yeah, bless you a, and your patience. Yeah, it's been quite an interesting <laughs> ride. But honestly, like the entire playoffs, after the first round, my bracket was just completely messed up. Like everything, like all of my matchups were just wrong after the first round, um, which I I kind of like. I mean, the unpredictability of this season was definitely like one of the running theme, themes. And, you know, for the Bucks, just for it to finally happen for them, every single round, I was very convinced that they were going to lose. Like every single one. And I didn't have the Bucks winning at all, um, especially because they kind of seem to just have to crawl themselves out of a hole every single time. And like, just like Katie, I was like all in on the Suns from the beginning. <laughs> Clearly that didn't happen. They were up 2-0 and I was like, yep, that's it. This is it. The Suns are winning their championship. But uh, something happened. This this season has been quite weird. It's been insane. And I feel like Katie hit a really good point where it was like, it's a, it was a feel good story where I feel like it either team one, you're happy with it. I'm happy for Chris Paul. I'm happy for Giannis. Other factors we'll talk about later, but how about you, Sandra? How do you feel? Um... <laughs> Do we want to ask <laughs> I'm happy for Giannis. I, I'm, I'm happy for my Nigerian prince. Um, you know, I would have liked for it to be us. We could have had a beautiful union. Um, he wouldn't have to toil away with, um, a, 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 frankly, a, a kind of whack um, franchise. Um Green isn't his color. <laughs> Red would have looked absolutely beautiful on him. Um, I I cherish that that little bit of time where we thought he wasn't going to say yes to the, the Bucks and um, we, we believed that he was coming to us. I, I still hold on to it. And <laughs> I don't know, like, it was a weird, I was very conflicted because, you know, he, he you know, the, the buzzer went off. He went and sat down and I was like, he started crying and I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. And then because I'm a narcissistic Raptors fan, I got angry because I was like, that could have been us. <laughs> um, and so I just, I'm still coming to terms. Like, I don't like the rest of the team, clearly, but I'm happy for Giannis. I don't think Bud should have a ring. That, that's weird. I still think he should get fired. That's suspicious. That's strange. <laughs> That's, Why does he have Can we blame the pandemic for that? Because uh, <laughs> I don't did, know. Did you see the sign someone had at like the stage? It was like fire. <laughs> yes. Like now? Like I, I really respected the commitment. It was a lot. And like, you know what's, I, I'm so petty. I'm so petty. I know people hate me on Twitter. But like Deer Garden or whatever the hell they call the Deer Jurassic Park. <laughs> times two like I got so air every time I saw them pad the, the audience like the the crowd I was just angry and I'm like I need to work I need I need self-reflection and I need to figure out why this <laughs> makes me so angry like like and I think maybe it's because like we haven't seen a crowd like that for the NBA since our our championship so like I had a visceral reaction like you guys are copying us and Giannis should have been ours like there was just so many feelings and I was just angry. And I'm like, that's not even as big as our Jurassic. I was being so petty. I was being so the point is I'm happy for Giannis. <laughs> it could have been us. 
he didn't want us. As a Raptors fan, I'm bitter, but I'm going to get over it. Good for my Nigerian prince. I'm proud of you. You did amazing. 50 ball in the finals. Nobody's going to talk shit about you. I'm not going to talk shit about <laughs> you anymore. I love you. And that's 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 what I have to say. Hey, but how did we feel about the free throw counting? Because I personally did not like it. It was tacky. I liked it at first. Yeah. Uh, like, I thought it was a little cute thing. But then when it kept going, I'm like, you guys are kind of giving him motivation to, like, It was helping him towards the end. Yeah. yeah. He started, like, waiting till the number seven to, like, He's release. like, ten. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's going to go in now. Here we go. He's like, yeah. thanks. Suns crowd. Oh, can we also talk about the Phoenix Suns crowd for a second? I know the 4K cameras have had their own thing, but I honest to God believe there's something in Phoenix water. Like I was looking at it and I was like, you see that one guy who was like, just like holding onto the edge for dear life, doing like a mid plank, like holding the other side. I'm like, that is the guy who would, you know, that movie Mad Max, he'd be the one leading the tractor with the with the guitar just like going off. Like the whole arena just looks like it's a movie set. It looked crazy to me. Um, and also speaking of the um, the the poster with the fire butt sign, my immediate thought was, imagine you're Coach Bud. You've just won the championship. You're so happy. You're like, I've done it now. And the first thing your eyeballs land on is a fire butt sign at the, par- at the championship parade where you're supposed to be celebrating yourself. And I like to think, that's like his breaking moment where he's like, fuck, I really <laughs> just won the championship. Like, really? Like, he gets on the stage and has a temper tantrum because he's just like, I can't even do that. I just won because of the championship. I, just, I thank you, Milwaukee. Like, even when you guys won, you gave us something to cheer for. Um, And just, you know, coming from a Raptors fan, I think next year we we have quite a bit to be excited for. We landed the number four pick. Um, Looks like we might be landing one of the Suggs or um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen to Messiah. The top four going currently are going to be Cade, um, Mobley, Suggs, and I believe Jalen Green. How do you guys feel about our luck? And where do you want to see us land in terms of these top four picks? Or do you see us going anywhere beyond top four? Just knowing, you know, we have Masai, who's always going to play the craziest dice game ever. I mean, I, I think, feel like, oh, sorry. sorry yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, I think we're going to have a boring draft and number four is going to be Suggs and we're all going to be like, ugh, why did we make a, why did we come up with like the fan fiction of Mobley coming here when <laughs> it's not happening? Um, <laughs> do I think that we're going to go and get giddy? I don't know. Like the Raptors, I, I trust like Messiah, trust Bobby. Like if they're going to make a crazy move like that, it's going, I, I think it's going to pan out. Um, and honestly, I feel like it's either going to be Suds, which is expected at four, or they're going to do something absolutely crazy and go for Giddy. I do not want Scotty Barnes on my team. I've seen enough. Like <laughs> if he like dunks something and then does that celebration, like, in a regular season game, I might have a heart attack because I like literally I was just like, this is entirely too much. And Fred's going to nip it in the bud like immediately. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't do that. Fred's here. not passing. <laughs> we Fred's don't. like, you walk the ball, wait till the last minute of the fourth quarter, buddy. Absolutely we don't do that not. here. Like, and that's the thing too. Like if Lowry's gone, like he's not getting the 
the ball. <laughs> Nobody's really getting the ball unless Fred is, you know, stuck in traffic and can't can't do anything <laughs> with it. <laughs> can't do <laughs> and he's like, oh shit, there's like a six eight defender in front he's of like, me. I guess <laughs> you can give it to Malachi tonight. I, I'm not gonna be there in 20 minutes. I guess he can have a dribble. Oh, Pascal's rolling to the basket. No, let me try to finesse my way into a finish. That's not going to happen. I love Freddie, though. <laughs> love you. Bet on yourself, guys. But Sandy, I feel like none of that, like, none of that stuff sticks. Like, rookies never, like, they get that kind of squeezed out of them pretty quick by right. their vets. Hopefully, right. right? Hopefully. Yeah, no, like, Fred for sure is not going to, he's going like, to, he's going to do it once. And Fred's going to do it. withering look from, yeah, from Fred. <laughs> Never see that again. You're never going to see that celebration again. <laughs> He's vomiting and shaking afterwards. Yeah. He's like, what did I do? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just like, I'm kind of in the like, happy to see whoever they get camp, to be yeah. honest. Like the draft, like I, also in my heart, like the draft is such a crapshoot. Like it really yeah. is. Like I hate, I both love and hate it. I love the the hopefulness of it and the promise of it every year. Um, but I hate the amount of pressure and I hate that we're always kind of waiting for this like number one, like generational player to like come in the league and just like destroy every and like upend everything and destroy everything, you know, like Zion was supposed to be that. Oh, like, and look at what happened to him. Like, just like the amount of pressure that I think is still on him now. I mean, and, he still has a shot though. Like that's not a player that we've yeah, seen. Like, that's we're the going thing. Zion, see, I think right? it's just like a player, like you want to develop that guy. I think it's unrealistic to be like any player, any rookie with a lot of promise coming in, like to, to put like the entire weight on them to like either one carry a team or then carry this idea of like, you've got to be the best. And like, it just, it never pans out. So I think the Raptors are like in a great spot because they're all, they're a franchise that's always drafted for fit and then developed the hell out of guys. So I think any player that comes, you know, they're just going to get better though. I am curious. Like the one thing I have to say is, I'm more unsure this going into this season than I think in any season in memory of what the look and feel of the team is and what they want it to be. I think that's due in large part to like what's going on with the front office. Um, Is Larry going to stay? Like there's a lot of things that could really shift the identity. Uh, So I'm like not a hundred percent sure on what that is. So I'm kind of curious to see because I think who they draft is really going to point in the direction that they're going to move in. Yeah, it's so weird because I feel like everyone was kind of on the same page when we got the number four pick. And then ever since then, it's just been too much time in between. And now we're just having civil wars every day. Uh, Like like you said, like the Mobley fan fiction is just really funny. And now I'm seeing like Scotty Barnes on my timeline for the past like two days. And so it's so hard to keep up with who the preferred guy is because it changes every single day. And like you said, like, I feel like it's going to be so, you know, whatever, we'll get Suggs or, you know, whichever Jalen it is but it's it's just gonna be whatever happens and i'm i'm putting my trust in the front office i'm hoping we hear that messiah extension soon because i'm getting a little bit nervous but uh thanks Karina, for doing my job because that's the next question for you guys um how do we feel about our lord and savior not uttering a freaking peep we haven't heard a thing. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the what our team is going to look like. We don't know who's going to be our president. How are you guys feeling? How when can we expect to hear from Masai? And when do would you guys say is the perfect time to just go batshit crazy and start freaking out? You know what? I actually think that it's a good thing that we're going into dr- the draft and we still haven't heard anything. I think it actually 
it, it veers towards him staying. Like, I don't think he would be in the process of getting a new um, a prospect and um, trying to figure out what the team is going to look like next season if he wasn't staying. I think if he'd made his decision or we heard something a little, you know, a little sooner, I would be worried. But I think because it's gotten so deep into the offs, like we're now, you know, very much about to pick who could potentially be one of our franchise players in the future. And he's still very much technically um, a part of the team, I think actually works in our favor. Am I a little worried? Yes, because I do think uh, maybe, like I said from the very beginning, there's something that Masai wants from this team that doesn't have to do with money. If it was strictly about finances, I think he would have signed that contract and we would be good to go already. I think there's something in terms of the future of the Raptors within the NBA that he's expecting MLSC to kind of shore up in terms of making sure that people can watch us in the States um, trying to make sure that the NBA um, is equitable when it comes to how they treat the franchise. Um, there's certain things that he said in the presser that leads me to believe that if he's going to leave, it's going to be because MLSC um, isn't really looking 10 years in the future in regards to where they want this franchise to be. Um, <clears throat> and so, again, like I said, if he's going to leave, He's going to leave for something that means something like because he's he's made a lot of money. He's going to continue to make a lot of money. Hail, he might end up being commissioner. I would love that. He might. Uh, he's probably going to do something with um, NBA Africa. I could see him doing that. Um, am I, I'm less worried now than I was earlier, I think, because we're going into this conversation with picking up um, a number four pick. Um, thank you, Adam Silver. We and he still we haven't heard a peep. I think he stays. I, I I genuinely and I don't want y'all to like at me when he doesn't stay and be like, oh, like y'all you said he's going. I look, I know just as much as you do. I just in my heart, <laughs> you have to believe that Masai stays. So that's what I believe. The presser, it. like the presser, was pretty helpful. I have to say, like I was kind of doubting things until then. Um, that said, like we haven't really heard much. <laughs> <laughs> and I know MLSE, like there was such a point on like, he's back in Toronto after Tampa. He's going to do his presser. We want him to like lock into this new contract before he goes to Africa for the summer for like the Giants of Africa work that he went and did there. And now it's like, I mean, I know that he's, this is a man who's got like a kind of a million. It's weird to say like he has a million other better things to do than sign his like next, you know, multi-million deal, but he does. So I, tr I do trust that, but a part of me is still just like I like Sandy said. There's definitely non-monetary things that he's asked of MLSE. You know, the like the first time around, it was like a better. It was like the OVO practice center. It was like way more um, uh, like money and development put into the 905. You know, like those were all kind of big tangible things. And he talked a lot in that presser about wanting to change the impact of basketball in Canada, not just in Toronto. So I'm kind of curious as to what he meant by that. I mean, we're all talking about like a WNBA franchise. I think that would be phenomenal. I also think that, you know, he's a, he's a really smart businessman. I think he understands very well, like what adding a WNBA franchise in Toronto would do for just like the market overall. Um, but I am kind of curious if he's going to get into like broadcast rights. The fact that like, I don't, I still don't think you can watch 
can you not watch the Raptors on NBA TV in Canada? Because like no, sports, no. yeah, yeah, like sports and yeah. TSN have the rights for that. So like, there's a lot of like detrimental things to just like viewership that I'm curious if he would go dive deep in that. But um, yeah, the last thing I think is that I also am kind of wondering at what point is he going to step back and just say like, all right, Bobby, you got this. And have these all sort of been signaling toward that? I don't want that yet. I don't think it's time, especially with a number four pick coming in and like a potential rebuild, like a slow rebuild, you know, if, if Kyle goes and who else you're like, I don't want to even well that, but you know, these are all really realistic, like franchise changing things on the table this season. So please don't go, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to call it. I'm going to be the coward. So you can, people can at me if they want. You can just like tell me. <laughs> we got two people already. You know who to blame if Messiah says peace. Yeah. How about you, Karina? Do you want to be attacked too? Um, I'm just going to be like, please stay. I'm going to manifest with you like we did like three <laughs> weeks ago where we said we're going to manifest the, that he's staying. Um, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the thing with Messiah too is we, I heard a couple, couple of days ago that there were a lot more discussions about another expansion for the WNBA teams. And I think they, they, Toronto was in the midst of that discussion as well. So I don't think if Messiah leaves, it should be for any other NBA team. If he does, it probably will be to like combat climate change, like, you know, bring down Jeff Bezos or something. <laughs> it's not going to be anything NBA related. Um, but the other part of it too, like you ladies mentioned, the the thing with the how the next year will look like, depending on who we have on the team, whether it's Kyle, whoever it is, it sucks. I don't want to lose anyone. But as long as you know that you have the man Masai Ujiri behind, you know, making sure everything is running smoothly, you don't feel a way because look at what he did to our team against LeBron. He still made us. Com- com- compatible. He made us enough so that we could do something in the playoffs, but without him, I don't know. I'm, I'm scared. I don't, he's like, I'm like, dad, don't go. <laughs> Where do you think you're going? Come back. You can't yeah. leave yet. Yeah. I think the big thing with him is that he really believes in this organization and that he really, really cares about this team. And I think that if you replace him with someone else, they're not going to have that same, you know, emotional attachment to the team. I feel like to have, especially since we're the only team in Canada, you need a special type of passion to kind of keep us going. And I think Masai has that, which is why, you know, we're so attached to him as well, because we love him just as much as he loves us. And I think that is like a very important factor. No, I agree. And it, to say, to think that it all started off with the fuck Brooklyn chant in 2013. And right away we were like, this man has our heart. He can never leave. If he leaves, if it's another NBA team, we're burning that city to the ground. It's never happening. We're the most bitter ex in the world. And with that, we can conclude this episode. I want to thank Krina so, so, so much for taking the time. Like I said, she works 85,000 hours a week. I can't believe she had the time to sit down with us old ladies and talk basketball. And Krina, you have the floor for the next two minutes to just up yourself. Go crazy, lady. Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me on. (laughs) I always have time for you, ladies. Like, honestly, this is one of my favorite podcasts. And the fact that I'm even here is surreal to me. Um, But yes, please go follow Unbenched Sports. Like you mentioned before, we're an all-female slash non-binary run site. We are covering the Olympics right now. So we're any Olympic sport, you name it, we have someone on it. And you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at unbenched underscore, and then visit our website to unbenchsports.ca. 
Um, what else? Let's see. I write for Venus Sports, which is a site covering women's leagues. I cover the New York Liberty and the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA over there. Go subscribe to Locked On Women's Basketball. I have so much fun doing that every week. Probably going to be recording another episode tomorrow. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, like I told you, I'm so glad we invested in you before we couldn't, we could not afford you anymore. Like your hours right now was a low stock. And now I'm like, watch your girl. We did it first. We were the, you were the apple and we invested in you first. And with everybody else, you can find Katie and her lovely writing on Twitter and basketball feelings. And whenever you want to find Sandy, she'll just be yelling at Kendrick Perkins on everywhere. Um, and with that, we'll see you guys next week thanks so much for tuning in have a great week take care bye 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 guys